Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hi, and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. Trail Mix is the short format episodes of our show. Our long format episodes explore one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time. Trail Mix allows us to dive deeper into things we didn't get to cover in our long format episode. That's right. And this Trail Mix episode is all about the national scenic byways that crisscross the American landscape, how these roads get distinguished, what government agency manages them, and what makes them truly unique. Over the summer, we had the opportunity to take a trip to Catoctin Mountain in the state of Maryland. The site, while originally a state park, fell under the jurisdiction of the National Park Service for several reasons, but due in large part to the history of the site, which included direct impact from FDR's New Deal, and the fact that part of it later became a retreat for U.S. presidents, first as Shangri-La, FDR's name, and later Camp David, as it is still known today. The park itself, just like the town of Gettysburg and several other sites, are also a destination on the edge of Route 15, also known as the 38-mile journey through the hollowed ground National Scenic Byway. While the park is not preserved by NPS for this reason, it is likely that the byway itself exists because of these sites. Usually, if you are headed somewhere long distance and you aren't flying, then you're likely in a car and that's where National Scenic Byways come into play. Most, if not all, scenic byways are managed by the Federal Highway Administration. The FHA, as it is known, is a U.S. Department of Transportation agency that supports state and local governments in the design, construction, and maintenance of the nation's highway system and roads on federally and tribally owned lands. That being said, NPS also has a hand in the national scenic byways of the country, especially because many cross into or are completely encompassed by parkland. Right. But before we get there, let's learn a little bit more about the history of the Scenic Byway program itself. With the onset of car travel in the early part of the 20th century, scenic roadways became a commonplace thing. 
scenic roadways were often completed in piecemeal operations rather than grand designs. In fact, these scenic roads operated independently of one another without any sort of overarching plan until at least the middle of the century. Some of the earliest examples of scenic roadways from the early part of the 1900s include the four parkways of Westchester County, New York, the Bronx River, Hutchinson River, Sawmill River, and Cross County, Texas's Upper Cato Road, and Virginia's Mount Vernon Memorial Highway. Some of these parkways predate the creation of the automobile, and in many, if not all cases, provided exceptional views, beautiful landscaping, and not necessarily the fastest route between two points, but rather the more scenic, idyllic, and beautiful. Don't you wish sometimes that Google had like a scenic yes. option? Yes. You know, they, they Google, have the I know fastest you're option because Google's <laughs> listening. Google, it like sometimes when we're going from one place to another, I'm like, I'd love to take the scenic way. Yeah. Maybe there's a beach. Maybe there's like mm-hmm. a mountain. A you point know, of interest. A po- something, mm-hmm. right? Right. Two states that took the lead in creation of roadways that highlighted and protected the beauty of their states were Oregon and Vermont. Policy and practice from Oregon helped to shape the policy of the Federal Bureau of Public Roads, which would later become the Federal Highway Administration, by way of beautification and landscaping. Oregon also took steps to limit the use of billboards on highways and ensured that unsightly features like scrapyards were not within sight lines while driving. This was later seen in Vermont, as well as in laws which related to pollution and dumping that came into play regarding roadways. Another pioneering move from the state of Oregon which soon expanded elsewhere, was their placement of roadside recreation and rest areas along scenic roadways. These areas, while small to start, soon became major recreation and camping areas along the scenic roadways of the state, helping to set the tone for other scenic roadways in other states. As the nation entered the 60s, the program of scenic roadways grew and expanded, and in some cases became multi-state thoroughfares. Three such highways are great examples of this program becoming much grander than it started. The Great River Road, the George Washington Memorial Parkway, and the Blue Ridge Parkway. Along with providing beautiful scenery along the way, these roadways provided protection for historic sites, natural splendor, and at the time of their construction, economic recovery for the people of the country. The history of the National Scenic Byway Program is one that takes us from the 1960s to the 1990s with important acts in between that helped shape the way Americans moved about the country on roads and the beauty they were able to see along the way. The first breaths of the program began under President Kennedy with the creation of the Recreation Advisory Council of 1962. While many things came out of the council, one thing that helped lead to the creation of the National Scenic Byways was the establishment of the Department of Transportation in 1966, which also included the Federal Highway Administration. Later, when LBJ became president, he called for a White House conference on natural beauty. As a byproduct of this conference, and along with much of what was written and said at the time regarding national beauty and working to preserve it, Congress enacted the Highway Beautification Act of 1965, which dealt with many of the issues that the state of Oregon and some of the original scenic highways mentioned earlier had already addressed. While this act and everything that led up to it was important, there was still yet to be a law that established a national scenic byway program. In 1973, Congress ordered a study in the creation of such a program. The study underlined several things, including a national designation of scenic roads, 
corridor protection, scenic enhancement, and national connectivity. This was further underscored by a report from 1985 under President Ronald Reagan. Even after all these reports and councils, the program didn't get real legs for another six years when President George H.W. Bush signed the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act, or ISTEA, which strengthened the National Scenic Byway Program. So that's a, like... It's I a don't, lot to it's take It's a lot in. to digest. And also, I don't think I would... It's it's fascinating to think about, like, the history of the automobile and just how that shaped so much policy, like, yes. regarding just travel and safety mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. Um, and it's really clear that there were some states and some agencies that were very forward-thinking in the 50s and 60s. Right, right. And even prior to, to kind of like think like, well, how could we make this an enjoyable and beautiful way to see the country? Right. And what they were establishing was not necessarily like a, just a designation. They're essentially establishing a program or like, you know, the sort of seeds of an agency mm-hmm. that would then upkeep all of these scenic byways. Yeah. And... Uh, which, you know, that requires annual budget and all that. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like The cans a, of worms. It's a huge thing to establish. Yeah. The National Scenic Byway Program is sprawling. As of 2021, there are 184 roadways within 48 states that have the distinction of a National Scenic Byway. The National Scenic Byway Program, unlike earlier versions or less comprehensive ones, has criteria that must be met in order for a road to be considered a national scenic byway. Roadways must meet at least one of the following six core intrinsic qualities. Scenic, natural, historic, recreational, archaeological, or cultural. Quote, To be considered for designation as a national scenic byway, a road must possess characteristics of regional significance within at least one of the intrinsic quality categories. In addition, the byway must demonstrate strong community support and develop a corridor management plan and develop a corridor management plan that describes in detail the preservation, marketing, and improvement strategies for the byway. End quote. And that is from scenic.org. Those intrinsic qualities, while just one word, have deeper meanings. In order to fulfill the scenic quality, the roadways must have a heightened visual experience from either natural or man-made elements that work together to create an overall harmony. In order to fulfill the natural quality, the byway must be abundant with natural landscapes, water features, vegetation, and wildlife. To meet the historical component, these byways must encompass the legacies of the past, either those of the physical landscape or those that were human-made and may include buildings, settlement patterns, or other aspects of human history. To meet the recreational component, the areas along the roadway must provide for active and passive recreational experiences, which may be seasonal or year-round. To meet the archaeological component, there must be evidence of historical or prehistorical human existence that can be inventoried and interpreted. This may include ruins, artifacts, or structural remains. 
And lastly, to meet the cultural component, the byway must in some way highlight one or more significant community or cultural tradition, which can include architecture, festivals, or special events. To attain the status of, quote, all-American road, end quote, the byway in question must meet two of the components listed. As of 2021, of the 184 roadways within the National Scenic Byway Program, 61 of them are listed as all-American roads. So I just feel like this is, all of this information is just fodder for Cars 5. <laughs> <laughs> I, think yes. they're, I think they've made four of them at this point. Did they? Oh, I, I only think... know of Cars and Cars 2. There's at least a Cars 3. Is so there? I'm assuming that there's a Cars 5 in the I works. I didn't know there was a 3. Yeah. Things I'm going to have to watch. I enjoyed Cars. Um, Okay. (laughs) Did you not like it? I don't know. I just was like, You know why why? I liked it? Why? Oh. Bonnie Hunt. Wasn't there... That might have been Planes. Isn't there a plane called Dusty? Yeah, I think so. No. Isn't the... Or is that in Cars? I don't know. Is that the tow truck named Dusty? No. That's Mater. Oh. Why do I know this? I don't know why you know that. (laughs) Anyway. Um, it is interesting, though. I, I find that obviously there are qualifications, and this seems very similar to you know other things that we talk about all the time, like NPS sites and national parks themselves. There are qualities that have to be intrinsic to the parks, you know, that make them a national park that sure. allow them to be yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. So uh, I do. This feel is like, fascinating to yeah. me. I love that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know about the term All-American Road. Well, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. I didn't either as I did this research, so Mm -hmm. it was very fascinating to me. While the National Scenic Byway System is separate from the NPS, in many ways, not just through practice and pedagogy, but also through agency, these two systems do interact in a variety of ways. Along with connecting parks or parks being a destination along these highways, there are some national scenic byways that are actually encompassed just within national parks. That's right. In fact, there are at least three national scenic byways that we have been on throughout the course of our adventures that immediately come to mind. The Blue Ridge Parkway in Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Skyline Drive in Shenandoah National Park, and Historic Route 66 in Petrified Forest National Park. Each of these roads was pretty special in their own way, and in the case of the Blue Witch Parkway and Skyline Drive, can really make or break your visit in some ways. No, we aren't talking about the scenery, but rather traffic. Depending on the time of the year and the conditions in the area, there is a likelihood that these roads or portions of these roads may be closed. That's right. On our second trip to Great Smoky Mountains National Park, an icy overnight in November hampered our plans for hiking in a different area of the park because of road closures. While Skyline Drive and Route 66, which we highly recommend, I mean, go on all yeah. of those roads, mm-hmm. everybody, may not be major thoroughfares, the Blue Ridge Parkway and the people who live in surrounding areas may say otherwise about their National Scenic Byway, as you may have a long drive to get where you need to be if parts of the Blue Ridge Parkway are closed, which we encountered. Mm -hmm. Thoroughfare or not, the National Scenic Byway system combines beauty, history, environmental splendor, and civil engineering, and gives us a way to get where we are going with some points of interest along the way. Now that we know a little bit more about our National Scenic Byway system, to end this trail mix, we're going to play a game. That's right. This is Find That Byway. 
Now, I've narrowed the lens of this game to only include byways that are found entirely within national parks or roads that connect two or more NPS sites. Oh, interesting. I feel like that should have a designation. Mm. If it like, yeah, like if it connects, it, it should be a, di- it's not an all American road. It could be Mm-mm. something else. An all park road. <laughs> sure. Sure. Great. So okay. let's get started here. Oh Mr. Lord. I don't know how well I'm going to do it. You're going to be fine at all. I, I wrote it in a way that is going to make your life very easy. Well, so I mean, famous last words. It's true. <laughs> from coming from me, that has as much currency as <laughs> <laughs> a fart in the wind. <laughs> Great. For 100, name that byway. This all-American road on Mount Desert Island bears the name of the park that it is within and gives drivers and their passengers an incredible view of craggy shoreline and dense conifer forest. What is Acadia Road? What is the Acadia All-American Road? Oh. Yeah, I said this All-American Road. (laughs) Oh, sorry about it. That's okay. For 200, this scenic byway bears the name of and traverses this national park that has the lowest point and is the hottest place in the Western Hemisphere. What is Death Valley Road? What is Death Valley Scenic Byway? Great. Yeah. Death Valley Scenic Byway. Mm-hmm. That's what I should say. Um, I'm trying to give you like at least that one part. In I the appreciate clue. it. You're welcome. For 300. This marine highway, the only of its kind and an all-American road, allows you to see three national parks and three national monuments all by ferry. You can either rent a cabin on the ship or camp right on the deck for this very unique experience, which may be the best way to see the multitude of MPS sites that this gigantic state has to offer. Oh, Lord. Okay, so it's Alaska, Mm -hmm. and it's called the Alaska Maritime uh, Road. What's the Alaska Marine Highway? (laughs) Great. Maritime. 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 You know know what I was thinking of is uh, that Sarah Palin quote. Well, you know, they're they're just, they're (laughs) divided right there by a very (laughs) narrow maritime border. (laughs) That's Tina Fey as Sarah Palin. Of course. For 400, the Tioga Road slash Big Oak Flat Road is entirely within this national park which includes such sites as Tulum Meadows, Mariposa Grove, rock formations like the Sentinel and Glacier Point, and trails like Four Mile Trail and Mirror Lake. What is Yosemite? That's correct. Very good. Okay. I knew that because I really wanted to do Four Mile. I know. When we were there. I know. We both did. Okay. The only (laughs) way you're going to get me to get on Yosemite Falls again, because Yosemite Falls... Yosemite is kind of like a U shape, Mm -hmm. right? And Yosemite Falls is sort of like over on the left side. Mm -hmm. And then Four Mile is like over on the right. Sort of near Bridal And you can essentially hike up to the top Mm -hmm. and then walk all the way around and then down. And Mm -hmm. then we would have been able to do that on Four Mile, but there was snow and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way you're going to get me back on Yosemite (laughs) Falls. (laughs) And, um, that's going to be like on my own time and mm-hmm. take a long time. And lastly for 500, the dinosaur diamond prehistoric parkway has several sites along it filled with science and history. You can pass by and through several NPS sites during your drive along this byway, including dinosaur national monument and these two next door neighbor parks of the Southwest. What is 
arches and canyon lands. That's correct. You, you are just amazing. I didn't know the Dinosaur National Monument was that close. I didn't either. Well, when we where were the there. hell were we when we were there? Why didn't we? <laughs> we were go on there? a tight budget. It was we our were, first trip. It was our first trip. Right. I do want to go to there. Yeah, I want to, <laughs> I go, want to, to there. go to there. I also want to go to Goblin Valley State Park. I know. Oh. So you can Things become a to goblin. Do. <laughs> I'm already a goblin. <laughs> so are you. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. We're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that scenic byways are always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on the show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariel Klinger and Sean Sklios. Our music producer was Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey. 